welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast all about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie, and I use they-them pronouns. And I'm Mikey, and I use he-him pronouns. And it's been a while, and I promised, like, updated episodes a while ago. I'm sorry that that didn't happen. I won't sing butt rock, even though I'm very tempted to with that intro. No, stop. Um, But in any case... We thought, even though there wasn't any episodes the last couple of months, that we would do a kind of a year-end Christmas, New Year's spectacular, I guess. I don't know. Best of us for um, the rest of us. Yeah, I guess. But in order to do this, we did bring some friends along. So we are not alone today. And I'm very happy to have who I have or who we have on the podcast. So why don't you gentlemen introduce yourselves? Hi. <laughs> hey, how's it going? What's happening? Yeah. Chris, so, Chris you go first. Yes. Uh, howdy, everybody. Um, I'm Chris Edelman. Um, I've been on the show before. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and uh, my wife and I host a podcast called Chris is on Infinite Earths, where we talk about comic book events. And I'm Adam Reck. Um, I use he, him pronouns. I am from the podcast Battle of the Atom. And I can't remember if I've ever actually been on The Young Ones before, but it feels like I have. It may be in spirit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I've ever recorded with you guys before. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. But we've... You recorded with me, but not on our podcast, only yes. for your podcast. Yes. Charlie, you've been with us. Mikey, I don't know if you've ever been on battle with the Adam no i don't you? think so not yet no? not yet okay so we got to make that happen because chris has been on on our show too but uh thanks for having us it's a, oh, it's a pleasure no problem i wanted to do something festive with my friends and this seemed like the best thing and <laughs> i promise that there will be actually new episodes of the podcast where we actually talk about teen, teen superhero teams <laughs> starting in january um but for now I thought we'd kind of review the thing we all kind of have in common, which is the X-Men. And Yay. this, yeah, Hooray. this year. It, it might be, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this year in X stuff, I guess. Um, because a lot, as we've kind of talked about before the show started, um, has gone on this year. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, it's been a long year. Some of which are months I can't remember especially with books coming out. So I thought we'd kind of just talk about what the year has brought us, which was a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Wolverine. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. hot cause. <laughs> a lot of Wolverine in his absence. It's like even when he's not here, he's very much here. Well, and then he's butting he... into books where like he really doesn't belong, in my opinion. Like the... oh. Well, the like I I mean like the when he was on the rooftop in the marriage issue, like that kind of like oh, that like yes. weird cameo. Uh that's <laughs> tradition at this point. He was also that amount of present for the wedding of Cyclops and Jean Grey. I know, I know. It is weird though. He just pops up in the back of every book for a page and uh then disappears and then he's got the Infinity Gauntlet now, I guess. I can't keep track of what's going on with Wolverine and frankly, well, he, I don't care. That's also it, that he did and now does not. I look yeah. I look forward to at next year's Oscars him winning the Oscar for Lifetime and Post Lifetime Achievement Award. 
<laughs> that's uh that's a zinger mikey good one i, I do my best Seems appropriate i i think the most wolverine thing happened in like one book where it was like him driving a beer truck stone cold steve austin style like yeah. that was really good like, yeah that was pretty rad but i think it should have ended there like that's well, it that only lasted for about three pages so uh, it, it would have been nice for that kind of adventure to continue but i can't keep track of all this wolverine stuff the only stuff i wanted to keep track of ended which was uh tom taylor's all new wolverine um which wrapped up with a spectacular you know future storyline i loved that oh yeah um that's kind of like tom taylor has this knack for like making books have impact it, but not like doing the traditional thing that comic books do to make the books have impact which is usually kill somebody mm-hmm. um and for that i am very grateful so uh, yeah it like i kind of almost forgot that all the wolverine ended this year too <laughs> yeah it went all the way to may i mean yeah. that was oh, a man. great way to wrap up the book too yeah, I 100% forgot that that ended this year. There was a lot of, <laughs> lot of endings and beginnings this year for X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, X-Men like relaunched, uh, what, like three times within the last three years? So uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, I mean, track. we got, I think everything from Secret Wars Fallout has been cleared from the table. Yes? Um. Sure. I'm going to say that that's, yeah, I'm going to say yes. That sounds legitimate because we've had a and lot that, of like a follow-up stories in extermination even. So. Yep. And we're killing off old man Logan now with dead man Logan. So yeah, I think we're wrapping it up. Yeah. And uh, this year started out Nate Grayless and branding <laughs> it with, <laughs> we're ending it with more Nate Gray than anybody could have ever anticipated. Oh my God. Yeah. Who would have thought? who would have thought from that pitch that went around twitter after gen x ended with christina thanks to charlie i think it should be noted i don't know that we've (laughs) talked about it before here because 2018 is long and i can't remember but charlie was the genesis for all of that christina and i were talking about that in like dms and then it was like spilled over onto twitter and then editors at marvel were like no one's gonna read that book about nate gray and then what happened what the fuck what the fuck even <laughs> and now it's a whole line well yeah. done Are yeah we, like, i guess a sec- a, like a secret cabal of shadow editors at this point <laughs> i mean so- i gotta say like i think x-men twitter has had an enormous effect <laughs> on x-men comics this year it we sure saw, feels like I mean, it doesn't yeah. it feel like that it really <laughs> there does. have been multiple maggot appearances over the course of the year <laughs> um my my you know my people bishop and jubes are like on page together in multiple issues of this new uncanny run i gotta say there's gotta be some kind of like x-men twitter influence because wh- whether it be x-men or it, i think the ultimate testament would be if like uh, Adam X, Adam X yeah. started showing up everywhere. That's then, that's then how we, we got to get in next. I'm telling right. you, yeah, that's how we got. <laughs> no, Adam, Adam X is showing up in X Force. That's like that's just gonna happen. He yeah. has to. I have to imagine that Ed, as someone who has a love of the, the '90s, as Ed Brisson does, has at least thought about putting Adam X the Extreme in his X Force book. <laughs> <laughs> 
or or covering blob in like weapons and and sharp objects like there's got to be <laughs> extreme glob yeah no i mean this even goes further to what you said adam like we start the we start the year off with like no bishop really like no bishop no maggot no richter no shatterstar like and we end the year with like all of those things <laughs> yeah it feels that way doesn't it <laughs> it really does um, uh i can't and i can't really believe it still so hey i'm not complaining of... there's been no a i'm not of there's been a wealth of really good uh x comics this year so uh i i I don't know. How, how do you want to go through this? I mean, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like personal, but not, we won't reveal our favorites, but let's talk okay. about personal highs and personal lows. We'll go like round robin style. Okay. So let's, let's hear from you, Adam, personal highs from this year and personal lows without revealing your favorite comic. Right, I'm not exactly. going to reveal, re- reveal my favorite, but um, this year started off really strong, even though I was, I'm still to this moment, very sad. The generation X uh, did wrap up um, at the beginning of the year, Jubilee coming back, getting her powers back. The way that strain um, wrapped up generation X was just so good. Um, and satisfying, even though it was such a short run. So I, I'm still very grateful that that happened. That was an emotional high for me. Okay. Okay. And let's let's take it down. Let's take it down a notch. Personal <laughs> lows. <laughs> <sighs> um, I mean, I was joking about all the Wolverine stuff, but it, it has been a bit of a letdown. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't hate Wolverine. I, I just, the reason I don't really want him to come back is for the same reasons I was happy to see him go, which is all the overexposure. So I've been kind of just ignoring all of that. And, you know, I, I wish that I didn't have to, it would be nice if I would enjoy any of that, but I, 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 what I have read has not been really all that interesting to me. Yeah. And I think that, um, it, it's kind of strange how none of the hunt for Wolverine books were advertised as, anything more than the sum of their parts, but mm. like really strange continuity heavy things ended up happening in them. Yeah. Big time. Like yeah. Betsy getting her original body back. Um yeah. poor what they did to poor, poor Douglas Ramsey. Yeah. Um <laughs> I know oh there my are a goodness lot of people sakes. that believed that the Betsy thing wasn't even gonna happen, that it was just a variant cover without any context. Like, even despite the leaks and rumors, because people are like, they wouldn't do that in, like, this off book. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, and hats off, hats off to Jim Zub for, you know, saying, hey, look, I know I'm doing this random uh, miniseries that not a lot of people are buying, but m- maybe they are, I guess, because Wolverine's on the title. But and, and for saying, hey, something has to happen in this mini. Um, so it might as well be this, which is a big step. Yeah, and and I've heard from a lot of creators this year that um, they don't want to make miniseries that don't matter mm-hmm. because that's a or that's a thing, right? Like, oh, this yeah. five or six issue mini, it doesn't matter, so I'm not going to read it. Yeah, but um, a couple people this year have proven us all wrong. So, thank you for sharing, Adam. They've proven um, Chris- us frustratingly wrong because I am. <laughs> historically a don't buy miniseries person i usually Ah. just wait till it's all done 
Uh, except for except for event comics, I've always been the buy event miniseries, but not your one off miniseries. And I'm feeling like I'm missing out heavily this year by not buying. I didn't buy New Mutants, and I haven't been buying Shatterstar. I would love to. Boo I, on both of those fronts, jeez. If I had more money, I totally would. But, <laughs> but Chris, um, how about you? You how about you let us know a little bit about your personal high this year for Exxon? My personal highs for X-Men, um, I think, have been the... I really enjoyed the X-Men Black miniseries in general, um, especially... Uh, yeah. There was definitely some high points between, like, Leah Williams' as Emma Frost, um, yeah. and Sean and McGuire's Mystique, very good stuff. Uh, I even loved that Mojo issue. I think we all did. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Um, that was a fun month to be getting X-Men since it was just one after another. Um, I especially loved the holiday special that just came out recently. Yeah. I think that was a that was a great read. And it had um, just a bunch of creators that I really enjoy and even like enjoyed talking to. So it was just fun getting to see, see all that. Um, I also, a high point was getting Uncanny back. I know a lot of people are a little meh on the book itself, but that first issue, it kind of felt like felt like slipping on some slippers. So I was a big, big fan of it. I'm, I've been really liking it. I'm loving it so far. Yeah. I, I know I know that it's got its critics, but I, I think it's uh, doing a really good job so far. I, I love the, the way they capture the voices of the characters. Um, so I'm happy. Okay. And I... I and I like, and I like that, like, as someone who co-writes a lot of things, like you, like nobody, like understands the scope of how difficult pulling this off actually probably was. Oh my god, it's got to be um, absolutely so insane. So just that, like, in and of itself. Well, it was cool seeing the uh, the digital director's cut of of the first issue because they they oh, included. Yeah. Uh, some of the scripts in the back and I love it. Like there's like clip art of Rob Liefeld stuff in there. And it just made me laugh because you could tell they, they are probably frustrated with each other about the process, but also really enjoying it. No. And that's the fun part about like the fun part about reading that stuff in the back was like, that's exactly what me and my writing partner do. Like we'll put like funny pictures and like (laughs) things like in the middle of our work. And, um, that's just kind of like, I was like, oh my God, everybody does that. It's like, not everybody probably, but like, it was like, wow, that's how other people actually work. Professional writers. I'm like, that's good. But they're all, all three of them are goofy in their own ways anyway. So. Oh, for sure. That was actually a, a, a kind of fun surprise putting in my code for Uncanny One and just pulling out my comicsology from my physical book. And then surprise, you have a 200 page digital deluxe. <laughs> Large book. How yeah, am I going to read awesome. all of these pages? Because Christy yeah. read it right after me and she was like, why is this 200 pages? I'm like, it's actually like 80. She's like, 80? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I oh, really yeah. liked. Uh, I think the issues have gotten better as I think the issues have honestly gotten better as we go forward. Um, like things gelling because a lot of time people and I don't know if it's. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that we live in a, a, a time now where you get everything you need in a season of TV at once when you binge right. it. Mm-hmm. So the serialized storytelling people like seem, seemingly don't have the patience for it. So if Issue one isn't a banger out the door. 
like, and I'm not talking just like, oh, this was a good comic. I enjoyed it. If it's not like, man, this blew my mind. They don't feel like they don't want to stick around for the rest when like a story takes a little bit of time to catch momentum. That's just how it works. Well, and I, well, it, yeah, go ahead, Mikey. I was going to say, like, I know that was some folks issue with Generation X when I was recommending it after it finished its run. And, like, I totally understand, too, like, not everyone has infinite money. Like, you have to make your decisions. And, unfortunately, sometimes, like, the just not clicking with the book first issue is, like, the make or break for folks. And, like, that's understandable. Like, but it sucks for those whose, like, process is to build a mystery. Like, you don't get that as much. And it's unfortunate. That's exactly what I was going to say, Mikey, is that um, I think if if people are saying, oh, well, the issue, you know, needs to be this standalone thing to be this all time great. I think they're being a little bit dismissive of how great the cliffhangers have been in each issue. Yeah. You know, and that we only have to wait a week to figure out what's the next stage of the story. So I, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, and I will on the down note, Chris. What's your low point from this ah. year? Um, the flagship books that were present at the start of this year, I guess, gold, <laughs> gold and blue, lost me so completely. Um, and I, I, I maybe even abandoned blue probably right when it was starting to get good again before the end. But I was just like, I was already kind of iffy about it and then that's when they slammed the hey it's going into a, a kind of a little venom crossover Oof. and Oof, boy. i was just like oh boy this is uh this is just not, not what me, i'm liking right? yeah, yeah. Def- just not for me at that point um i also i would have i would have read hunt for wolverine if it was one miniseries but what was it four was it three or it was four four, four miniseries. Four. that's just so much uh and that's that's just more than i was more than i was willing to take on so it's interesting how I how oversaturated X-Men felt in that everything felt like you needed to read it. I'm kind of thrilled that toward the end of this year it's kind of it's kind of condensing again. It seems like mm-hmm. um like we it looks like start of 2019 we're going to have X-Force and Uncanny. And I guess that's probably it until the Age of X-Men stuff. And then there's going to be, you know, tons more miniseries. Those don't feel quite as like, if you don't read these, you're not getting a full story sort of thing. So I'm thrilled about that. Yeah. But it just, it felt like they were trying to do a lot of stuff that didn't interest me. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of made me shrink into like books that I knew were by themselves a full and complete story that I didn't have to worry about other things with. Um, so... That was a little bit of a bummer. The whole like build toward the X-Men gold wedding and then what ended up happening, I thought was kind of a kind of a crash and burn. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been a good year for superhero weddings, we'll say, um, between <laughs> no. X-Men gold no. and Batman. Um, <laughs> no. I, felt, I felt the pain in your voice as soon as you said that, Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it, it hasn't been. But, well, I, I will go and defend that a little bit. We're going to review the uh, X-Men Gold Death Do Us Part story pretty soon on a wedding-themed uh, episode of Battle of the Atom. Um, and as much as it probably doesn't work so much, um, I do think that the transition from Rogue and Gambit, um, which was 
this year and outstanding. Um, Kelly Thompson really gets these characters and the transition between that of the bait and switch with the wedding and then into Mr. And Mrs. X, which I've also really been enjoying. Um, I'm just appreciative. They went that way with it. Um, as opposed to forcing a Kitty Colossus situation, which uh, I don't think any X fan really wanted. No. Yeah. Even even if it came about in a way that was unfortunate, I'm glad that that was the end of it. And we did get that yeah. really good um, annual that was written by that was written by Kelly, right? Or um, the the summer camp yeah. one. I'm blanking on who oh, wrote that. That, oh. that was a uh, Shauna McGuire, I believe. That was yeah. Okay. It was, yep. I like that one, too. Yeah. No, it was really good. Mm -hmm. All right, Mikey. You're up. All right. So being coy is is what the thing is. (laughs) Um, I really, really liked X-Men Black. Um, I was talking about this with Charlie um, a couple days ago, but I especially like the mystique that we saw in that is the mystique that I wish we could see in every book. As much as I liked seeing her... um, you know, be like truly villainous um, with the whole when and during Bendis's run, she was had the whole Madripoor crime lord thing going on and was taking, um, you know, blood from Dazzler to make, um, you know, mutant drugs and had that whole Breaking Bad like scenario going on in the background. Um, I do really like Mystique as, like, a somewhat misunderstood villain. Like, I think that she does... Like, I I don't like her being, like, pure maniacal evil, right? Um, So I really liked seeing that, like... Also, she got to do a heist, which, like, heists are... Like, heist media is, like, some of my favorite stuff of all time. So that was was a real high for me. Um... It's it's difficult to pick my favorite, actually. So I might. Well, don't. This is not the favorite no, segment I know, yet. I so know. don't share. So I, 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 I might have two favorites. Um, That's okay. But yeah, that that was really good. Like I said, the the Kitty Pride annual was really good. That came out of um, like came out right after the wedding issue. Um, the what if the what if magic was really good. Ooh, that was really oh, yeah. good. That made me cry a little. <laughs> yeah, it was Same. very heart wrenching. It was, it was great. It was emotional, but in like the very best way. Um, I really, really, really loved um, New Mutants: Dead Souls. Um, if, like, obviously, I love the story a lot, and I love the intricacies of it, and Multiple Man too, but. The thing that it also got me into was remembering or like wanting to seek out more like weird and horror comics. Cause for a while, mm. Marvel was doing, um, you know, some what ifs like every once in a while that were more in that vein, but they've kind of stopped. So it actually got me reading like indie comics in a way that I hadn't really ever. Um, mm. And, like, you know, that doesn't really fit. But, like, some of my personal faves of the whole year have been, like, indie horror comics. Like, um, Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler's Come Into Me has been really good. Um, uh, Vida Lomadia, and I forget the other artist, um, Submerged, is really good. That, I think, is Black Mask, published by Black Mask. It's about a girl that goes on, like, a journey. It 
in like New York City as it's flooding from like a like epic hurricane and like gets lost in this like surreal dreamscape fairy tale scape. It's super good. Um, and so like I started because I started being like, OK, like I love Dead Souls and I love this tone that it has. But Marvel does it. That's not a thing that Marvel does regularly anymore. Like they don't do the weird and tales of suspense and astonishment and stuff like that anymore. Right. So like Dead Souls kind of became a springboard for me to explore this other interest in a way that like really ended up making my 2018. All right. Yay! And let's go to the other end of that, Mikey. What did I know what you didn't like this year? But why don't you tell the class? <laughs> the wedding, <laughs> everything about it, everything about that book was a disappointment. <laughs> everything about um, just the whole thing, like Logan, the little um, jokes and stuff like that, like the way that it, like I'm glad that it happens, but. There was so much missed opportunity on that book that it made it upsetting to even read. But I won't harp on it too much because I know I've harped on it before. Um, another low point was Domino was a bit of a letdown. Um, the direction that book went. Like, I know, Charlie, you stopped reading that, so I did too. But, like, I had high hopes for that book. But, like, it had this weird, like, romance angle that I wasn't into. So... I put that down. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was yeah. more, like, thankfully there's been an embarrassment of riches. Iceman had some some upset moments, you know, like, especially with something. Oh, that, like, was, that was at the very end of last year. Yeah. Or was it? Um, did it stop? In, when did it stop this year? I think it continued I can't remember. into this year. I have a 2018, like, release thing, and it has Iceman. So, if if I'm um, wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm sh I, I can't remember what all was 2018. But Domino was. Oh no, you're right. It was 2018 it because was. like it was that because uh, issue number nine came out like right after New Year's, and I like yeah, that was like one of the worst days of my entire existence. See, that's what so, I thought. Yeah. It, now it's coming back to me in horrifying clarity. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't want to like. It, for me, it wasn't, like, the books, like, other than gold, like, there weren't books that were, like, huge disappointments. It was more just, like, what could have been that was mm. more upsetting for me. Um, like, books that I, that had a strong start but didn't carry through or, like, you know, didn't perform, like, character assassinations or anything like that. But, like, Domino, where it's just, like, I felt like, you know... It's it's Gail Simone's voice in Domino's mouth. It's yeah, not Domino. But that it's funny because Gail Simone is usually like what was precisely so such a letdown on that book for me is Gail Simone's usually such a strong writer, especially when writing female characters. Like she's done amazing work for DC with what was it, the Sinister Six? Um like she That's a that's a Marvel book, Mikey, or, but I don't know if there's DC characters named that. Six. Secret Six, thank you. <laughs> Um, like, she's done amazing work with female characters, and, like, there's a reason that she's well-loved, which, like, then, when it became Gail Simone's, 
voice in Domino. That was why it was all the more surprising and such a letdown because it was like, oh, cool, we're going to get like these badass ladies and, you know, Domino like telling it how it is. And it just didn't end up going that way, which is, you know, like in a year where X-Men books were an embarrassment of riches, like I can't really get up too upset, but it was still kind of a bummer. I did like the annual, though. Yeah, I did too. The yeah, too. the annual was really good. Yeah. And, like, maybe I'm being too harsh on Domino's because people take characters that people don't know a lot about and then they put new voices to them to get new readers. I know that. I've dealt with that a lot. Um, but it just seemed so off-tone for Domino to be more like Harley Quinn and Deadpool hmm. than, like, the witty like dry sense of humor domino that I love from X Source. Yeah, especially I think I think it made it all the harder and like I think that characters can grow and evolve and change, but I think it made it all the harder for me because I was getting that domino like bits and pieces of the Dom that I love in other books. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 kind of where I'm at with the book. And I know a lot of people that I talk to daily love that book a lot, but can't say it so for me. But, yeah, well, um, I didn't take my turn. No, it's your turn, Charlie. <laughs> it's my turn. Um, so, there was a lot, like everyone else has said, there was a lot to love this year. From the amazing What If Magic and X-Men Black Emma Frost to... New Mutants Dead Souls, which, like, knocked my socks off for, like, not necessarily the reason that it probably did for everybody else. Issue number six was a lot, but my boys made it out okay. (laughs) 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 Um, That book was... I didn't know what to expect from it when it started. And I think Matthew Rosenberg excels writing weird C-listers. Like, I think he does a great job with Uncanny, and I think he's doing a good job with everybody that he touches most of the time. But um, I think he's just got a knack for for characters like that. Um, I love to see such a, like, such a triumphant return for, like, characters like Strong Guy and Rain and Richter that haven't been seen in, like, five years. So Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what to expect from the book. But, like, I think he knocked it out of the park. Um, didn't expect to see as much Shatterstar in that book as I did. Like, or some silly background romance thing happening that Ileana kept interrupting, which I thought was, like, (laughs) amazing about that book. Like, there were so many layers to it, and I keep finding new things to love about it every time I think about it. Um, you know, I can't not say the Shatterstar mini. Um, I know some people just... I don't know what some people are reading because it doesn't seem to me like it's the same book I'm reading. And I honestly know I have a bias. Like this is a book (laughs) I was going to enjoy. I think no matter what, um, just because of the content. Um, but me, like if you're impressing me, like, and I'm a very harsh critic usually for those types of things. Um, I think Tim Seeley is doing a great job. I kind of knew he was going to do a good job when he talked to Mikey and I, um, mm. just the things he said about Star were the same things I know and love about Star. And I think a lot of it is painful because it's a very emotional story. 
And it's a story that Star's never had before. Like, nobody's cared enough. And I think if you weren't invested before, you might not still be invested in this book. But I didn't expect it to be so emotional for me. Because it's, like, honestly a book about, like, trauma. And, like, what someone does to you. And how they kind of break you. And, like, what are you going to do after that? And it kind of hits me pretty hard. But um, that... I get, I kind of sounds like a low point, but that's a, that was my high point. <laughs> it's also got some really good fight scenes. Oh, and Pug man. Smasher is really great. Pug Smasher is very good. Um, and just uh, the art is so good. Star using his powers is very good. Uh, like textual, like, yeah, Rick and Star were in love in X-Force. On page, in text, that it, it means a lot to me. But um, low point. What was my low point? Um, De- Deadpool 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would be correct, sir. Um, that happened. Right. May was like a total, like a total anxiety fever dream for me because of that. And like that was the same month where the issue four of Dead Souls came out where it was this teased funeral for Richter. And I, like, it was, that month was a month. Um, But I think for comics, I'm going to probably have to say, like, all the potential that I think X-Men Blue had and just, like, literally lost in this weird Venom story it had. Like, I don't know who, I don't know who that book was for. Like, I don't know who Venomized was for. I guess people that like symbiotes. And maybe if that book had come out after Venom the movie, maybe there would have See, been more, the, more the love is, for it. I didn't... Well, can I... I just want to say that um, we did get a chance to speak to Colin Bunn about that on the show. And it doesn't even sound like it was something he was particularly excited about. It sounded yeah. like something that was an editorial mandate. And he even he was kind of questioning it. But it happened you know what i mean and, and mm-hmm. i think it does speak to the fact that he probably had a, a a longer term idea of what he wanted that book to be um so that he could tell his magneto arc the way he wanted it to yeah um but it did get sidetracked by you know events um you know and as exciting as maybe a Mojoverse thing might have seemed when they advertised it the actual product was not exactly what the, I think everybody w- wanted it to be. Oh my god, um, I forgot that existed. I forgot that I forgot that existed until yeah. you just yeah. said it. So, oh boy. you know, we started this year with um, the end of Cross Time Capers, which I, I liked. I think there's oh, that, a lot of oh that blew me away. Like I the, thought that was from, fun stuff. But for then the, for the Brotherhood, the the, the future Brotherhood to show yeah, up. Yeah, I, love yeah, the I dug that. But um, me too. But but to slip then immediately into that Poison X crossover, I think was really really tough. And I, I definitely stopped reading the book, so I'm, you know, I sort of missed. I had to catch up later on how he ended the book, which I thought was a really cool way to do it. But I think he lost a ton of readers that way. Yeah, I think I forgot that Jimmy existed until you until you oh. I thought, started thinking about x-men oh. blue again oh. and as as someone that didn't read that particular venom crossover but read the other one that came out of this year earlier um venom inc like 
the Venom cross, like the best work that's happening in Venom is definitely not the crossovers. The crossovers are a hot mess. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I guess Donny Cates and um, Ryan Stegman are doing like really great work. Yeah, it's a bang up book. Like, honestly, it's really good. I've really enjoyed that book with with a few exceptions. But like overall, I've really enjoyed it. It's just like the crossovers are crossovers and also like are largely skippable. So you mean like that typhoid typhoid Mary crossover yeah, that just happened? I, for I no didn't reason? even realize that was a thing until I was looking back through comics and I didn't read it, but I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Why does that even exist? Yeah, I thought that yeah. was a joke in the solicit magazine. <laughs> So they're telling all their fresh jokes, though. I mean, that Um, sounds like a joke that, like, Ryan North would make in the Squirrel Girl solicits, so. That's true. That's true. Speaking of crossovers, Chris, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to just talk about everybody's favorite thing. Like, your favorite. Like, your best of 2018. And I know we talked about highs. Maybe some of these things are the same. Maybe they're different. Hope they're different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, for our quality listeners. But Chris, let's start with you. What is your favorite X-Book of 2018? My favorite X-Book of 2018 is Tom Taylor, Mahmoud Azrar, and uh, eventually for a bit, Carmen Carnero's uh, X-Men Red. Yeah. Uh, That that book was exactly what I needed after being frustrated about Gold and Blue. It never crossed over with anything. It had a very focused theme. And it had X-Men doing exactly what I wanted them to do, which was doing punches, but punches for, for like, social justice. They were specifically <laughs> trying to deal with this rash of mutant hate that was hitting the globe that was irrational. And the reason why it was irrational was because... Um, I guess spoilers. I'm assuming this whole show is probably spoilers. We're talking mm-hmm. about the la- the comics yeah. from this year, uh, mm-hmm. because um, Cassandra Nova was spreading the this sort of hate in these little sentinel nanites to people. Um, it dealt a lot with hate being spread on the internet in a way that mm. is incredibly relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it dealt a lot with why people hate and it's that you know ultimately that people hate things that they don't understand and what if you can make people not understand and they ultimately win the day by making cassandra nova feel empathy yeah that that's a spoiler from this week so that's a real recent one um i actually read that today picked up comics this afternoon um and it was just like, boom, look, this is this is how we win. You actually had to feel what we feel. And they hinted at that earlier in the book. There was a bit where it was almost like a mutant version of Dunkirk where there I think I think it was supposed to be Poland, but it could have been some other country was kicking out all of the mutants. Again, this was Cassandra Nova's fault. I don't think Tom Trailer was trying to pick on Poland. Um <laughs> And Jean Grey and her crew shows up and she makes everybody feel what everybody else is feeling for like a split second and it makes them all stop. Uh, And it was it was just really, really good. Um, It also was kind of in some ways a sequel to All New Wolverine in that it contained both um, Wolverine and Honey Badger and just written the exact same way they were written before. So it it kind Mm -hmm. of felt warm and comfy in that way. 
Um, and I just, I really love books that Tom Taylor puts out. I think this year finally convinced me that he's, he's like a must buy. Um, I don't know why I wasn't convinced of that before, but, um, I'm even, I'm going to be getting his Spider-Man just because, you know, he's, he's now an A-lister for me. And one cabal on art. You just can't beat it. Yeah. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be a solid book. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved X-Men Red. I'm a little bummed that it had to end. But I feel like it wrapped up. I don't. I don't think that it. There were any illusions that of the creative team about that it was going to maybe go on longer or anything. It seems like a very wrapped up story. Like it was kind of meant to be a maxi series. Um, but it was kind of just distilled X Men at its core, um, and I absolutely loved it. I I thought the art was great. I thought the writing was great. I. I, I'm sure there were issues that were that were low points in that run, but I cannot remember them at this time. I felt like I I was consistently enjoying that book. That's awesome. I can't I can't believe we made it this far into the show without anybody mentioning X Men Red. So uh, I was trying not to because I knew it was going to be my. <laughs> I favorite. did I did give explicit, explicit instructions. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, we're all holding back. Yeah, I didn't realize he was writing Spider Man too. I'll definitely have to give that a look because I've been waiting for someone to write Spider Man that is someone I can actually get interest like excited about and interested in because it's. Spider Man. Chip Zdarsky is very good at Spider Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is also writing that. Yeah. Well, he yeah he just he just stopped on Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and then but Friendly Neighborhood him... starts in January, I believe. That's the one that's going to be the Tom Taylor joint. Yeah. I think yeah I think it's February. Sweet. Yeah. No, like it, it it should be it should be good. It it really should be. Expect themes to carry over. Um, but no, X-Men Red was really good. Um, uh, the last issue uh, blew me away. Issue number 10 also did. Um, when Cap comes to Genosha and says we should have been here from the beginning. That Oh, I just I just reread that today and I was like, oh man, I, I know that this means, this this can just mean this series. But it also means but like it everything. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh, it's um, so good. That was very good. Um, very, very good. And just seeing the Avengers and the X Men fight side by side again. It was it was yeah. very good. It was I I'm he, they love making heroes fight, right? And I think it's it's almost like a proud Marvel tradition at this point. Even like early on, sometimes heroes had little spats. But I'm 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 done with it. Um, I don't need to see, <laughs> I don't need to see my heroes being mad at each other all the time. You know, they Agreed. can get in tiffs, but I don't need anybody like having a big old event of people fighting other people. Blank versus blank. That that could be all done with. I just need everybody <laughs> fighting the bad guys, you know, like. Unless it's goofy. Like, I don't know. Long shot I versus. For a second you met like goof, like goofy, like <laughs> as in like. <laughs> That that I, hey, if someone wants to write Disney a kingdom, crossover. yeah, if someone wants to write a Kingdom Hearts ass comic where it's Goofy versus the Marvel Universe, I will buy that book day one. No, you know lie. who would publish a Kingdom Hearts comic at this rate, right? It would be a Marvel comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like if I don't know, uh, like someone wants to pitch, like if if Leah wrote a Goofy versus the Marvel Universe book. Like that's that's a book that I could get behind. Oh, I would pre-order that. That would yeah. be great. <laughs> Agreed. How do you do um, the sound that he makes in print? The duh? Yuck. Yuck. Yep. It's a yuck. It yeah, is it's a, a yuck. H-Y-U-C-K. It's a yuck. Yuck. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. Extra Thanks, points God. if you can do his ahahahui as he Oh, man. <laughs> I love Goofy so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> we really pulled it in this last minute of audio. <laughs> it's a cursed podcast now. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's fine. Uh. In any case... Adam, how about you? I know what yours is, but I, I'm just waiting to hear you talk about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I couldn't shut up about this book um, since it started coming out. And I knew from the first issue that this was going to be something that was just going to be um, near and dear to my heart. And I'm so glad that it stuck the landing. Um, I am a huge fan of time travel as a trope. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is Primer. Um, which if you haven't seen it is this very low budget. I think they made it for like $10,000, um, movie about these two guys who kind of figure out how to do time travel in a storage locker. Um, definitely go see that if you haven't. Yeah. That's been on my to watch list for a while and I've never done it. So just set aside some time because the second it finishes, you're going to want to watch it again and maybe watch it a third time and maybe (laughs) et cetera. Um, and the book that just, I was so smitten with this year was multiple man um, by Matthew Rosenberg and illustrated by Andy McDonald. Um, I am not by any means a huge multiple man fan. Um, X factor in its Peter David iterations has never been like sort of my, you know, core book or anything like that. Um, But to see him take this character who we assumed was dead Um, who in the larger scheme of things is not like super important to anything that was going on and have this little, almost like a bottle episode of this crazy time travel epic that involved not only multiple man as we've seen him, but multiple man as all of these other iterations of, you know, radiated Hulk, multiple man, techno organic and infested cable warlock, multiple man. And not only is it just this like super, and I think convoluted is probably the best way to describe it, story, it absolutely makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you go through it, it explains itself in really great detail. And it does so in the most bizarre ways, including jumping into what I'm pretty sure is the swimsuit special dimension. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Punisher. Speedo. Yeah. Yeah. Punisher Speedo time. And Rick in um, green shorts. <laughs> it was just such a delight. And um, my, my only qualm is that I don't think that the way it ends really lines up spectacularly well with what they're doing with multiple man in uncanny. That is something that I still have not kind of figured out in my mind. Um, you know, with who is, who is Jamie prime and then who is the Jamie that is currently being abused by Legion, um, in uncanny. But that being said, I I just can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, it's so, so much fun. Um, I know that it has its detractors who think that it's just, you know, like this messy thing, but I just thought it was so well done. I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it too. Um, really enjoyed the, I think 2018 has been the year that Matthew Rosenberg has got the push room out and cleaned up Peter David's messes. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> sure. um, in regards to like fixing the weird part of Jamie's story that involved like 
being married to Layla Miller. Oh man, um, when Layla Miller pops up in this story, I was like, this is it's great. so good. <laughs> What's your Agreed. Do you mind if I, I don't ask like, like, Yeah, go ahead. Uh what your favorite scene is from that that book? Oh god. Um or a so highlight? Much, there is so much going on. Um I probably I think the initial reveal of the multiple future multiple men I just, I love those character designs. So, and then when it's explained later on, I think it's in the fourth issue, Mm -hmm. they go back through everything that the fourth issue, I don't really remember the divisions now. I think of it all as a unit. How about you? Do you have a favorite scene? I think mine has to be Jamie in the shower, drinking a beer and singing. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) That was great. Like the Madrox. No more. Yeah. The Madrox branded beer. Which he also, if you notice in that last issue, he comes back with the Madrox branded beer, like the one, yeah, the one that, like that, the one that is supposedly not having to do with anything of this saga. <laughs> like he has the Madrox branded beer in his hand. So yeah, oh, he's up. To yeah, something. no, it, it, yeah, it ended like I knew. It's, I knew swimsuit Jamie was going to save the day. Um, <laughs> like I knew Margaritaville it. Jamie um, more like yeah, basically. <laughs> um i really liked it um it was a good reset for a character that for all intents and purposes much like the rest of our fun x-factor investigations crew um was kind of written out of comics Mm -hmm. um terry still hasn't come back i don't know if we'll ever see terry again i had hoped that terry might show up in multiple man (laughs) But she did not. Uh, too much um, going on. Yeah, Every character yeah, in say. Multiple Man is basically Multiple Man, except for Beast complaining about Multiple Man. <laughs> and the so. New Mutants. And, and the New Mutants. And uh, the Dead Souls. New Mutants. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. But, uh, no, I, I really liked it, too, Adam. So I think I, I'm I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, because I do know some people who did not enjoy it. <laughs> That's understandable. I mean, it's it's yeah. a slot. It's a weird thing. Like I almost just use the word sloppy. That's not true. It is like very precise, but it's definitely not going to be for everybody. Um, uh, yeah. So, all right. Other favorites. What are, what are other people's favorites? Uh, Mikey, you go. Okay. So I have to admit, I've cheated a bit because I went back and forth in my head. But one isn't a full story, so I think that I think I'm allowed to have two. So my my <laughs> real favorite, or my 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 big main arc favorite, is um, Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler's Cable. Absolutely. Nice. Um, I did not. I I like Cable. I've liked Cable for a long time. One of the first comics, like it came out of. Like seeing people draw fan art of Deadpool and Cable and being like, who are these characters? And then genuinely getting invested <laughs> in Cable's story in the, um, like the book that was in like 2009, 2010, Cable and Deadpool. Um, but. I really fell in love with the characters around the time of, like, the Hope Saga, and specifically, like, Hope and Cable together as a unit. Um, That relationship, like, it really fell into place for me. I was reading um, one of the books on the plane, sitting next to my dad, as we were coming back from an Ohio State football game, the spring game, and because I was catching up for the podcast recording later that day, and he's like, what are you reading? And I'm like explaining to him who Hope and Cable are 
and like explaining that to my dad who I've had a difficult relationship with throughout my life but like I'm trying to repair it while like also having cable like go through his life and work through his trauma and his stuff like and then the way that book ended like in the unexpected like emotions that I had in the very end of it like that just it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting and made it like maybe it was just the right time in my life but it was it was a highlight even if it did make me sad and cry um it was a real highlight for me um and my my runner up i wouldn't i hesitate to call it an honorable mention or a runner up because i liked it so much too it just wasn't like a full story was um also by zach thompson and lonnie nadler which is maybe cheating a little bit, but I really, really loved their side story in the X-Men Black um, Apocalypse Generation. Um, oh, I yeah. suspected it was based on my favorite movie of 2018, Annihilation 2018. Um, and Zach confirmed as much, and I was like... I knew it because it's so for those that didn't read it or maybe don't remember it's apocalypse going he gets sucked into this weird like other dimension where all there's all this life that's like unfamiliar to him and and is like almost hostile in a lot of ways and like he starts losing his um his mutant his x gene and has to like starts losing his sense of self because all like apocalypse is all about genetic superiority and you know like him being the king of men and all this kind of stuff and he starts losing that and like literally degenerating and it was a brilliant bit of like fusion of like this surreal horror sensibilities that Zach and Lonnie have and that they have and come into me and their other work, but mixed in with like an X-Men story that worked so well with this villain. Um, and it ended on, it ended really well too. And if folks didn't catch that or maybe skipped it since it was like a second story, like I highly recommend going back and checking it out. I won't spoil like the whole thing, but that was a, Highlight of highlights, like my favorite movie of 2018 inspiring this little comic mini story it was great. And the art by Borges is incredible, honestly. I, I totally second that. I thought that was really, really brilliant. Um, I, too, am a huge Annihilation fan. I think I've watched the movie four times now. Oh, my God. I had no idea, um, Adam. <laughs> um, also, you know, really like just dived into the books this year and did not want them to end. Um, so the fact that something is out there in X-Men that is inspired by it um, and that, that world by Vandermeer um, and, and um, Garland's take on it, I think it's wonderful. So great pick. Yeah. And, and yeah. The, the colors in that are also incredible. Like, honestly, um, like Zach, Zach and Lonnie have written things that I haven't been into, but their takes on like bringing, um, I don't think it's any like surprise or secret that Zach and Lonnie and Zach especially are like super into like horror and surrealist film. Um, cause Zach was like a film writer before, um, he got into comics. 
But like them being able to pull their favorites into the comic media in a way that like doesn't feel derivative and feels new and fresh is like because they did it in in um, in cable as well. They pulled in stuff from like the thing and when we and and when we realized when <laughs> we realized that that it when we realized that issue of cable with nate stuck in the panic room was basically resident evil part of resident evil 3 like i almost lost my shit <laughs> like it was so good <laughs> yeah it was That's like the one with the alternate future cables yeah too, right? correct and which it's is like, so cool <laughs> yeah it's like a dawn of the first day like you know who is the monster among us kind of scenario like we're stuck in we're stuck in raccoon city yeah. like or yeah because um, i don't know if you guys know but it, it's just so funny that um i me and mikey and one of our friends like we you know we we you know hang out and do Twitch stuff on Twitch streams sometimes. And um, Zach's brother is a, like, a big-time Twitch streamer. And I knew his brother before I knew who he was. And it was kind of like a weird connect-the-dots situation. Yeah, he, he's known especially for his speedruns of horror games, especially Resident Evil. What? So yeah. can, I, I'm sorry. You can speedrun Resident Evil? How long does that oh, take? Oh, my friend. You can speedrun anything, Adam. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess that's true. Yeah. Can speed run Ulysses. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, get an so, auctioneer to read Ulysses in Abba 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 Odyssey sold. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, no, you did that. That's good. I'm glad that you dipped back into horror this year, Mikey, because I know that that's like one of your favorite. Mikey, things, I didn't so. know you liked horror. Yeah, no, I'm super into it. Oh um, man. I had a good year for horror. Yeah, yeah the, it's been a the great funny year. thing is, I never really read horror comics like ever before. Like I dabbled in some Hellblazer, and some of Warren Ellis's stuff gets super like body horror-y. But I never really like dove into horror comics. So like I've really been digging deep in that this year, and like I just finally started reading um, Junji Ito's Uzumaki, which I did. Uh. I thought it was a short story. I thought. Uh, it is a I long did, story. It is a long story, and it's super good. Damn. It is. It is so creepy, though. It's <laughs> it's the perfect uh, bed, pre bedtime reading. Yeah, <laughs> I'll need to talk to you when we're done with the podcast. Um, oh, absolutely. My, my first podcast foray was actually into horror podcasting. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, you guys, I don't like horror movies. They are scary. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I yeah. just get to talk to you about them and and that's process. My, that's my hot take. Um, you get a Mikey one... filter. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I get a Mikey filter with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really good. Yeah, there has um, been so much good horror. Sorry, but this is X Men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, and I suppose it's my turn now. And yeah. hit us up with your favorites. All right. Um, do a drum I can't point. give a favorite, like Charlie's favorite 2018, like X Men book, and it not be Nemean's Dead Souls. You cheated. Like, I cheated. Yeah, but I out. had to say it. But I will say that, a caveat, I think I also have two. And I talked about Dead Souls. So let me talk to you about the other one that I actually picked. See, I faked you out. Um, which was Rogue and Gambit. Ooh. What? Oh. You double faked me. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick Shatterstar for sure. Mm. It's not over yet. I can't judge uh, it as a whole. Well, I actually I read Rogue and Gambit last night, so I can finally chime in. Uh, yeah. I feel Rogue like... and Gambit. And I'll tell you my reasoning, which 
dovetails into something else. So Rogue and Gambit wasn't anything I was interested in reading because, like, I have a very, a very specific taste when it comes to X-Men comics. And I'll read things to keep up, but, like, this was the year that, like, they started making comics for me again. Like, it kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. So, um, so everybody else was raving about it, so I, I picked it up. And on top of it just being, like, super beautiful to look at, this told a story about a couple that didn't break, that broke them down, but didn't keep them that way. And it is a fantastic example of why you can, or like how you can like tell a story about characters who are so intimately involved with one another. And it's not being together. Isn't the boring part. Like we all know what people say about like, couples in comics and that they're boring to read and that's why you break them up and have them come back together but kelly thompson like knowing her like extensive love for rogue and gambit as a couple like you can feel that like suffused through every part of that miniseries and continuing on into mr and mrs x it was just kind of a master class in how to take characters and and bring them together in a really meaningful way that overcomes like trauma and you know she wasn't lying when it was like you know eternal sunshine of the spotless mind inspired you know and everything felt like it just mattered and it felt like this big gravitational like shift for Rogan Gambit and the Marvel universe and i don't know i wish we could get i wish we could get stories about queer characters that were that detailed. Like, as much as I, I love that book, like, it makes me long for other books like it, where the author is so intent on showing you why people are great together and not apart. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Chris, go ahead. I, I, I have some stuff to say, but go ahead. Oh, no, it was, um, I, like, as someone who's been in a, in a, like, a very happy long-term relationship, it is super frustrating that comics seems to hate them so much. And it kind of makes me want, it, like, always makes me wonder about, like, the writers. Um, I'm like, why, why do all these people seemingly hate, you know, committed long-term relationships? But, like, Kelly completely nailed it. And I, I thought it was, so I've read, I've, I've read a little bit of Mr. And Mrs. X before I read the Rogan Gambit miniseries. So I went in complete reverse, but Mr. And Mrs. X kind of had this like fun peppiness to it. So I expected Rogan Gambit to really have that. And to some extent it did, but it really broke into like personal trauma and interpersonal relationships and what keeps people together and what makes it hard for them in a way that is that kind of leveled me up on on uh on like on Kelly Thompson. I mean, she's a fantastic writer, but I've always associated her with like the kind of the fun stories. And not to say it wasn't like a fun read, but it was also like just very like deeply raw. Mm. And I was really really impressed with that. And even like the like hey, let's really really break down this um this memories as as things that attack you as memories are literally things that attack you. Um, and yeah. and when you beat them, you have to take them back into you and just accept the fact that they're always going to hurt. 
the entire sequence of Rogue experiencing Gambit's memory and memories and vice versa. Oh. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you never like, think of Gambit as like a character with like I think like really deep emotions. That's just like that's not like his 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 forte. Um, but that's what you can do. Like that's what yeah. you can do with somebody. Like, you can show somebody, and that's the great thing about comics is you can show somebody why you love this character. Yeah. Like and succeed in that, and that's amazing. Well, I want to echo what Chris was saying a moment ago about this idea of comic characters not being allowed to be in long-term relationships. And how I feel like writers just don't necessarily always understand what to do with it. And and Charlie, you're absolutely right. Like there should be representation of long term relationships for all you know walks of life. Like every uh, every group of people, um, Rogan Gambit absolutely nails it. Um, just a a quick plug: we actually are ranking Rogan Gambit on the episode that comes up on December 17th. I'm not sure when this will go up. Um, so I, if you get a chance, listen to that. I will just, you know, a little teaser that um, it does very well <laughs> on, <laughs> on well the list. Um, and as well, it should, because Kelly Thompson gets these characters. Um, and I think Mr. and Mrs. X has proven that she also knows how to talk about you know, conversations about having kids, conversations about domesticity, um, you know, things that I find interesting with long-term couples. It's something I've always thought was interesting about Peter Parker and Mary Jane. And I'm always fascinated that editors like seem dead set against these kind of things. So I love that there does seem to be an interest in keeping Gambit and Rogue together and exploring these ideas that I think are, are really kind of pivotal to, we talk about X-Men in terms of found family all the time. Um, but it's refreshing to see comics that are talking about commitment, um, and, and long-term relationships as healthy options, um, you know, in whatever form they take, but it, it's great. So good pick. Yeah, uh, like I said, I can't, I can't judge, um, I can't judge Shatterstar as a whole yet. So I can't tell you how that's going to shake out. I've been, like I said, very emotionally invested in it so far, um, and everybody knows how I feel about New Mutants: Dead Souls. Um, again, one of my favorite parts of that book was the comfortable queer relationship between Richter and Shatterstar in the background of that book. And it didn't have to be up front, but Matthew Rosenberg knows how to write a layered story. So even if it wasn't front and center, it was still like a main thing running through the entire series. Yeah. I, plus it has that, that bit with, can you tell Shatterstar to put some clothes on? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, that like so perfectly encapsulates like that it's dynamic, them. right? Yeah, that is them. And I, you know, that nails them in a weird way and i know it sounds weird to say that like it's such a funny thing but like rick was kind of at his peak in that book like somebody who in xfi was like so like closeted and like here he is in this book where he's just being himself not only closeted mm -hmm. but dealing with a lot of stuff exactly and it's like no i'm not gonna tell my boyfriend to put 
like clothes on like fuck you like that's exactly what rick would say and like (laughs) that little brunch scene in that book also is like very dedicated to charlie like just in general so um but i unfortunately didn't get to read a rogan gambit yet well i read the first issue but I held off on the others. I read some of Mr. and Mrs. X, but I'll definitely have to go back and read it. But yeah, like we've gotten really lucky in 2018 that like, cause there was also, I know it ended in 2018, but the like background relationship or not background, but like you don't have to foreground relationships to make them matter or like to make them important. Cause the relationship between Jubilee and chamber in generation X was also really good. And a good example of a like caring ongoing relationship, like rekindled even Mm -hmm. involving a kid. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And it's why I got a little bit of whiplash from like, and I don't know, nobody knows where anything falls in the continuity, but I got a little bit of whiplash from um, Rick and star being like, separated again in the mm. shadow star mini okay. um that like can we just decide what's going on please like <laughs> that that like, being I said just, like i i think it's being handled well there oh absolutely absolutely it, it it serves its purpose and i know what its purpose is and its purpose is is at the end of the day they're going to come back together and we mm-hmm. all know that but <sighs> well, and, <laughs> give and- me a break somebody Dead Souls was an amazing uh, mini just in general. I don't think we've really talked about it. Um, in the, I don't know. Have you guys done an episode about it? or, or, or not, not really. No? Not in okay. depth. Like, I mean, yeah, it, not, it not just, over like the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's outstanding. I, I think that um, we were talking before about the idea of minis mattering. I mean, I am really fascinated to know how both of Rosenberg's minis, both the end of multiple man and especially the ending of dead souls pans out. We saw a little like brief cameo in astonishing X-Men oh, yeah. of, of the new mutants crew um, in, in the background of a panel. But you know, I, I think it's going to be really cool to see how these things shake out. And I like that they're taking risks, leaving cliffhangers and, and, and trying some new stuff. Um, it's and greatly appreciated. I, I um really, loved as much as it gave me anxiety like i think i think issue four of dead souls was probably the best iliana rasputin issue oh yeah and i'm gonna make a bold claim here since the original new mutants well she's not being used to she's not being used as a taxi cab you know exactly she definitely has personality under bendis but she also is serving as you know transportation a snarky taxi cab and, right, right, and right. The, the whole Hellbound saga, and like when when the New Mutants were brought back, and what was it like 2011? something like that. Like, like that. that was that was okay, but it was really centered on the rest of everyone more than Ileana, from what I can remember. And and like she's really been used not only as a tax taxi cab like physically but as an emotional taxi cab for colossus for her friends like she's an embodiment of everyone else's pain but we don't really get to talk about like iliana's pain or like what she's doing or how she suffers and how other people treating her makes her suffer and i really really was glad to see dead souls do that finally and dig into like um and to some extent like even though it was a what if like leah's mini did a similar thing of like being like who is Ileana Rasputin like what makes her tick why is she so standoffish like why mm-hmm. and 
I would like to see more books do that kind of thing with these, like, especially as someone that's, like, been through trauma, like, these, like, leaving these characters and just kind of having them be background because they're too difficult to deal with is, like, very difficult to see in bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so seeing someone, like, really take the care in a min in an ensemble mini no less to be like okay like we're gonna break down this character like it it really mattered a lot to me well i think we've we've kind of i mean we keep talking about sort of the wealth of 2018 for these books but there has been a lot of really amazing character work done um in the hands of some very talented writers even something like havoc in astonishing oh yes you know um or and and on the other side of the spectrum, we've gotten some I think some really fun um, event style things. Like I, I'm really enjoying extermination. Uh, ex, uh, yeah, extermination. Um, oh yes. And we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, I think the ending comes out this week. Mm-hmm. So there's there's both ends of the spectrum. We're getting these sort of intimate, very well uh, structured character moments, and we're also getting the big, you know, universe shattering shakeups. Yeah, and, and and I don't know. It, it's just been really good, and um, like I said, I, I find new things to love about like Dead Souls every time I look at it. Um, one recently was the fact that like I was like, well, Shatter Star sure is in a lot of these panels in issue four at the funeral, and I'm like, that makes sense. I'm like, he sure is. Like everybody's talking to him. I'm like, oh my god, because he's like the widow at a funeral that everybody talks to yeah. when something happens, and I'm like. And like, it, that was like, oh my god! I was like, why do you do this to me? <laughs> um, but it was it, it was excellent. But 2018 is basically over, mm-hmm. and we know what's coming slightly ahead of now. Um, but what do you guys hope to see in 2019? Like personal things you you kind of hope to see. So we'll go in reverse order. So Mikey, why don't you start? Like, when you say personal, do you mean, like, personal live stuff or, like, books? No, not you. Um, oh. I don't mean it like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. I don't even know what the question means. No, like, pers- like what do you want to see X-Men Comics be in 2019? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. <laughs> not you. <laughs> I was just like, that's why I wanted to get a clarification here <laughs> like it's spelling bee use that in a sentence please um <laughs> i i really am looking forward to not the end of shatterstar but the conclusion of that series um i'm actually really looking forward to the age of x-man stuff there's a lot of really great people writing for those books um and a couple of um great people breaking out so to speak. Um, like, honestly, I know I mentioned Submerged earlier, but Vida is someone to look out for. Um, Prisoner X seems like it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, like, Vida's work so far has been incredible um, on their, like, creator-owned stuff. Um, so definitely check out um, their work on the Age of X-Men stuff. I I'm really looking forward to that. Like, I'm really looking forward to... And I think Leah said something about this on Twitter, but it's really like a we're seeing like a new new generation of ex writers who grew up with these characters in the 80s and 
who are also like online and are cool with like allowing them to be people that have like that also exist in that same space of like being online and knowing what memes are and stuff like that <laughs> and i think that's really great honestly um not because not only does it make it make them relatable and all that but like they're like the x-men have always been funny like they tell jokes like you tell jokes when thing bad things happen to you to like you know, kind of let the water roll off your back um, and, and like, to find humor in bad situations. So I think the X-Men having humor again and not being, like, self-serious, like, grimdark, you know, like, they ha like there have been periods where they've been close to that. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see it, even in the, the mainline and event books. And yeah, I guess that's what I'm, I'm excited to see more personal stories in 2019. Hmm. All right, Adam. Um, I too am very excited to see what they do with age of X. Uh, some of the titles look really, really fun and it just seems like they're going to have a, a, a real fun time playing around with uh, alternate universe versions of our, of our favorite characters. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm excited to see Ed Brisson wrap up Grand Design um, because I, I have a feeling that it's not really as much of a synopsis as it is, you know, an original story in a way, the way he's going to wrap that up. So I'm excited to see what he does with that. Um, I believe there have been some hints that Ecstatics may return at some point in 2019. Yeah. Um, and I am not the biggest ecstatics fan. Zach will, you know, beat me <laughs> on that every single time, but I am fascinated to know what a 2019, uh, Milligan all red ecstatics might look like. Um, I, I think that could be fascinating. So, it, you know, I'll tell you what I, you know, just from the solicits, I have not been super psyched about the fact that they are probably bringing Cyclops back. Um, <laughs> however, I am very optimistic that this team of writers, um, especially with Rosenberg kind of taking over as, um, the singular writer are very, very smart. And I, I'm really interested to see what that actually means. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, Hey, Cyclops is coming back. And I, I have to just think that there's more to it than that. Um, yeah. That's just where my mind is. So I'm excited to see the twists and turns of how they accomplish those things. I'm excited to see Cyclops come back in um, full panic mode. I don't know <laughs> what the, I don't know what the end of disassembled brings and usher and how we usher in the age of X-Man or how that differs from what's going on in uncanny. Mm -hmm. But if my hunches are correct and sometimes they are eerily. So um, it, seems like Cyclops is going to come back to a world where the X-Men are gone. Um, his ex is the uh, king of uh, the black king of the Hellfire Club. Uh, his son is dead. Um, his son's kids are there, but they don't like him very much. And uh, the only guy that's around to talk to is the guy you've been having a fight with for the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds great. I like yeah, that. Right? That's a good take on it. Yeah. Honestly, so... I think there's like some really interesting stories that can be told with Cyclops. Like he's 
Um, I've been using him as like a not villain, but definitely like a side antagonist in our masks game, um, our mask <laughs> role playing game. And like, I, I really do think like I know people are tired of Cyclops, and I was definitely there with folks. But I think there's unplumbed depths there, and especially when we talk about like more personal stories, like who has more interesting like interior life and things that he could probably talk about and think about than Cyclops? Like, there's a lot going on there. And I know, like, um, like one of my favorite issues of X-Men ever was by Matt Fraction. And he actually, like, told some of that interior life of Cyclops and, like, what was going on in his brain. And I'd like to see more of that. Hmm. How about you, Chris? I'm actually the most excited for Cyclops to come back. <laughs> I'm sure he's your boy. Yeah, Cyclops is definitely my boy. But, um, so, I, uh... There's been some there's been some pictures, okay? Some preview art. He's got he's got a beard, yo. What <laughs> <laughs> you what's what, what you grow when your life goes out of control? <laughs> Except me, I just grow it when I'm really happy. Um, but I'm so I'm so excited to see bearded Cyclops. Um, I was we Christy and I have been kind of wishy washy about cosplay plans for an upcoming con uh, that we will be attending with uh, with one Charlie Davis, um, mm-hmm. and as soon as I saw bearded Cyclops, I was like that that that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, he's got a jacket too. He does have a he's got a real bomb jacket. Uh, I'm afraid he's gonna shave too quick, and then I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like so type for page, shaving in a dystopian world. Page one, world. panel three. He's added like, like a dingy mirror and getting out of razor. Like he's in freaking Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to hear cursing coming from the general area of Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I, um, I'm excited that the, the new group in X-Men, because it seems like there's definitely been a reshuffling. You know, we've gotten a new editor. Mm-hmm. We've gotten, like, a new kind of usual suspects in terms of who's writing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to have some 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 ideas. And I'm just really excited to see whatever they've got come to fruition. Because um, I don't think any of these writers have ever, like, let me down. Like, when... When all these this stuff was announced, I was like, yes, awesome. And a lot of times I feel like I get a Marvel monkey's paw where I'm like, cool. <laughs> monkey's paw is real, Chris. It's, it's for real. Where I'm like, oh, just what I wanted. And then they're like, but it's also a this. And then it's something that I hate. <laughs> That's uh, my life. You know, You're like, literally you, not wrong. It's, it's true. <laughs> like, I... Um, like Amazing Spider-Man, Ryan Otley art. I, I like Chris has loved Ryan Otley since reading Invincible when I started reading it back in like 2008. And I was like, I always wanted him to, to draw Spider-Man. Who's writing it? <laughs> oh, so they love to do that to me. Um, but it, they, they, they haven't pulled it off with uh, with this new X-Men stuff going on. It's like. Creators I love, who I've some who I have like had several conversations with, um, great artists. You know, we get we get an X Force book with Pepe Larraz art. Um, I can't beat that. It looks great. Um, I I just I'm really excited for what kind of what the future's holding. It's interesting that we're having a weekly event and then another weekly event and then there's a whole lot of year left after that. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what spins out of it because I don't, I don't think we're just gonna have Mister and Mrs. X uncanny 
and X-Force. Like, there's probably going to be something else, but we don't know. It's fine with me. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, be interested to, I'll be interested to see what the X-Line looks like this time next year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be wild. I I, I kind of hope that we that the the creative team doesn't the the general creative team and editorial doesn't get shuffled too much because I think they I don't got some I don't ideas. think it's going to I, I think no. we've got uh, we've got a lock for at least a little bit. Yeah, ah. I think we're finally getting to the meat of or or putting perpetual things into motion that Jordan really has wanted. Cause if you think about it, the only two things he said he greenlit as soon as he could were the shatter ceremony and this uncanny event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, there's still, there's still a lot going on. I know they plan so far in advance that it's like, we're mm-hmm. not going to see this stuff for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Definitely. I- I'm sorry to too toot this horn again but i just looked at this prisoner x thing and i realized that german peralta was on the art uh heck yeah with with vita and i just got double excited again because their uh his art in in cable was part of what made that book so yeah uh, the sad part about all those minis is there's no way in heck i can afford all of them but yeah they they all look so good yeah marvel you took my money again um (laughs) they get me every time yeah, every time. Um, but I'll end us here. Um, I'm so excited about X Force, guys. Like, I'm just really excited about it. It, I, it looks great. I hope. I if you told me this time last year that I was gotten a, a mini with Rick and Star basically just being good boyfriends, a Shatter Star mini, and original X Force was coming back. I don't know. My mind would have exploded. Um, Your mind did explode a little bit. My <laughs> mind did explode a little. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I'm so excited about X-Force. And I know that Ed loves those characters. If I could wish for one thing and one thing only, it would be that we replace Kid Cable and Deathlock with people like Richter and Terry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to, you know, let's Ed's give, got a story to tell. Let's give Kid Cable a chance, okay? He um, is still Kid I'm sorry. I don't mind His Kid name Cable, is Dial-Up. His name is Dial-Up. <laughs> um, Did you just I'm make really that excited. up? No, I've said it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where that book goes. Um, I, I know that it's going to suffuse it with real good things. And um, I think that those new X-Force costumes are so good. Um, I like the I'll be interested. ATV. Yeah. They're a giant ATV that makes it look just... It just... It just screams 90s at me. And for me, that's a good thing. Um, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. I am... I'm very excited about the end of the Shatter Star series, but I'm also very scared. Like, I know Star's not... I hope Star's not... I don't think he's going to die. Um, but there's a that cover of Shatter Star number five with the Grandmaster holding him, like the Pieta. Like, that... It's really beautiful cover, but it also like scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> um, so I, I hope that ends well. I think it will. I think Tim knows what he's doing, so I think that'll stick the landing for me. Um, I'm actually really interested in seeing this side, like this, like where this uncanny fits and slots along with the Age of X Men stuff, mm. even if it doesn't. Like, it has to be, because you can't remove some all these characters and then, like, leave the aftermath, because that seems very interesting to me. Like, what is this aftermath? Like, what is going on? 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Rosenberg does with that. And then I am like kind of wist, I'm like wistful, not, not wistful, but like, that's not the right word, but I'm like very hopeful for like what is coming in the middle of it or the end of 2019. Leah Williams has hinted at me that there is a reason that Richter and Shatterstar aren't showing up in any of those Age of X-Men minis. Um, Oh, and Leah, why would you I, do this to us? And that I should be heartened by that, which is a good thing. Hmm. So I'm very hopeful for what could come down the line. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where those New Mutants threads lead us. Um, I hope Doug Ram- Ramsey comes back and helps his friends. Um, with the internet. Yeah, with the internet, or just by, you know, being Doug Ramsey um, and not being addicted to the internet. I think Daredevil helped him with that. Um, but in any case, um, I don't know, I'm just real excited to see where we are this time next year. Yeah, big time. Yeah, a full year of, of Jordan White machinations. It has so. been wild how I feel like the X line has come since I, I got... I kind of dip in and out of comics, uh, at least until 2015, where I like went full torque. I feel like once you could get a comics podcast, you're not allowed to dip out of comics, right? No, you're not. <laughs> yes, no. That's that's. Um, I mean, that's literally what brought me back to reading again. It's weird coming from like the extraordinary era, which was kind of ho hum to me, to <laughs> like X Men Gold and and Blue, and then through to Red, and now coming back to Uncanny. I just I, it feels good again, and I'm really excited mm-hmm. about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as soon as Jordan was announced as the as the lead editor, uh, I feel like it gave everyone a little bit of a, a shot of adren- adrenaline. Like, it just felt like that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. And like, I know no one man controls anything, but <laughs> Jordan's a good guy, and I, I know he he likes telling fun stories, and that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. But. Well, guys, that kind of is it. <laughs> um, everybody out. No. Um, but, <laughs> Everyone out of the pool. Yeah, everybody out of the pool. We're done. Adult Closing. Swim. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, guys, for coming and talking to us. Um, just about Absolute everything. Pleasure. and Yeah, this it's has been, been a blast. a crazy year. And I think next year will be even crazier as far as X-Men comics are concerned. Um, I continue to love and appreciate our X-Men Twitter community more than most anything else. Um, It's just a very good place. And I'm happy that you're all there and my friends. So there's there's my New Year's, like, little caveat i guess yeah i actually um, met all of you this year i feel like yeah you god chris it feels like i've known you forever (laughs) i know it's like i said it's been a long year i mean we we were (laughs) casting in 2016 but i didn't have any like cast friends yet and then we took a bit of a break well no that was in 2018 well i don't know then (laughs) time's a flat circle yeah time is a flat circle so it was actually really nice meeting all of you this year i feel like Man, it does seem like I've known all of you for a while. We've been on each other's podcasts. We did a big podcast event. We talk yeah, all the dang time. Yeah, you made that happen. You and Christy. That was incredible. Well done. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you to Chris and Christy for putting together the Acts of Friendship and letting that whole awesome thing happen because y'all did a great job of putting that together and that was a whole blast. 
I'm still having like yeah. a like a withdrawals from it because I felt like I was talking to friends like every week and it was really fun. <laughs> no, not to say we don't talk all the time. I mean, just you know, talking yeah. talking with yeah. words. It's like when well, you go to like a convention or on vacation or something, and then you have yeah. to come back. Well, while we're thanking each other, uh, gotta thank Mikey and Charlie for putting together the guide to exceptional baking. Um, <gasps> of course. Yeah, guys, if you are listening to this and you didn't participate in the Kickstarter, um, you can download the PDF right now on Gumroad. Uh, yes. It is really good. So make sure you check that out. It's gum. Thank you for plugging the thing. I didn't yeah. even think about plugging. I, yeah, I thought about it, but I'm like, would it seem weird to plug my own thing? Um, no. It's- Gum you should definitely should plug, plug your, your own, own things. Thing. <laughs> um, well, what else are you going to plug? I didn't want to plug it when other people were talking. That seemed rude. <laughs> that's, um, fair. that's fair. It's, it's gum.co slash X-Men baking zine. All one word. So Yes. And, um, and I have a I have a copyright in my hands. A physical copyright oh, in my hands right now. Um, it looks beautiful. Um, I got all teary about it. Um, so you can buy a copy also, um, after those are all ordered and to me in large boxes. And then I die because I shipped them all. Um, uh, but no, um, thank you guys for participating in the, the cookbook. Cause I definitely didn't think it was going to be as big of a thing as it is, but thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, that- our pleasure. It, the finished product is absolutely perfect. It is so excellent. Um, it is it is um, a kind of a fun synergy of something I never thought that I would see, which is fantastic comic book art and also tasty recipes. It is exactly yeah. as advertised. And I feel like it's very it's a very distilled version of X Men Twitter in a funny way, <laughs> um, because it's filled with so many characters that like you're like yeah oh I'm gonna read a co- I'm gonna get a cookbook about the X Men I hope like Rogue and Gambit and kitty pride and storm and like wolverine and cyclops are all here and i was like no i mean they, they I mean, are sometimes most of them. but like uh also a lot of other people if, which if makes you wanna... me really proud okay if you specifically like the like x-men animated series episode where gambit is cooking like that's <laughs> that's it that's it's that gambit that's the aesthetic <laughs> that's the aesthetic um and if you want to read a, a whole uh Translate cake recipe written it as Shatterstar. That's where you could find it. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, thanks again, guys. Um, before we go, let everybody know where they can find you. Whoever wants to go first, I don't care. <laughs> you can go first, Chris. Sure. Um, you can find me, Chris Edelman, um, on Twitter at Strictly Worse. It's a Magic the Gathering joke, but I still like it, so it's staying that way. Um, you can find, uh, my podcast at Chris's pod, uh, Chris is on infinite earths, uh, the podcast that I do with my wife, Christina. Um, that's, I'm not really any other place that, uh, that is worth going to. Um, but you can uh, check us out. We've got episodes coming up every couple weeks and, um, we like to talk about crossovers and get real silly about it. <laughs> Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Um, have new pages of Bish and Jubes Attack on the Mansion. 
um, still going strong through January. I'm hoping um, something special's coming up soon. I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your your um, your friends are coming back um, <laughs> before the end of this this particular issue. So um, you can go over to adamrec.tumblr.com to see those. And uh, if you like podcasts and you like X Men, you got to check out Battle of the Atom, where um, Xavier Files, Zach, and I uh, we rank every X Men story from A to Z, and uh, it's a lot of fun. How about you guys? Where can we find you? Oh, you can find our podcast, The Young Ones, um, on Twitter at Young Ones Cast. Uh, we are going to get back to it. Um, book is over. Shipping will be over in January, and we will get back to our regular format. Um, I'm hoping to talk about um, maybe some champions uh, stuff oh, and yeah. um, mm. some other stuff um, going forward here. Um, but that's where you can find the podcast, um, hopefully bi-weekly as we come into the new year. You can find me on Twitter at Genetic Ghost, where I talk about a lot and very little at the same time. <laughs> um, I am X-Men Twitter is apparently, uh, well, I'm not apparently, I, I dubbed myself number one Shatterstarologist. Um, <laughs> I had somebody actually call me that the other day when I was recording another wow. podcast, and I was like, wow, I think I've made it. Um, fake it so you But you can find it. me there. But you were never um, fake. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Real Shatterstar. <laughs> you can find me there, but um, I, I, don't know, have any, I don't have any other projects going on. Um, hopefully, maybe very shortly, I'll have something very cool, not career adjacent wise to announce to everybody um hopefully um so yeah but mikey how about you yeah it's um really quick you mentioned champions and i am excited because the weird world or whatever it's called like dnd it's just dnd um dnd ass dnd yeah. yeah like they straight up got like one of the guys that used to do the dnd art in the comics to draw the recent champions arc and it's it's really good um non x-men marvel wreck from me um my name is mikey you can find me on twitter at quantum dot dot where i tweet about tabletop role-playing game design and video games and comics and the intersections thereof and also horror sometimes um which i'll have to talk about with chris more um, I you can find my tabletop role-playing game design work, including my surreal uh, mystery forged in the dark game No Place Like Home at quantum.space. And you can find my streams at twitch.tv slash quantum dot. Yay. Yeah, so um next time there'll be a podcast about something, and I'm sure you'll all love to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, keep a keep an eye on the Twitters. Yeah, um, we've never had an outro that continues to be that way. We just force so, it on our guests instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if can I we sing something, we can sing. Uh, well, well, is there a uh, Christmas carol that won't get us in legal trouble if we sing it? Uh, I guess bells? we uh, could auld lang syne. <laughs> no, no, I'm not putting anybody through that. that. I don't know the words to that one. So you know, you can. You can all make up whatever Christmas carol you'd like us to sing. Um, Have a very astonishing your... New Year. Oh, oh, that one. Merry Xmas. Very... 
<laughs> have a very Nate Gray Christmas and New Year's <laughs> because you don't have any other choice. Or, um, you know, whatever whatever holidays you choose to celebrate or not celebrate. Yeah, they're all going to be with Nate Gray, so enjoy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nate Gray is a ho- holiday onto himself, really. <laughs> he soon will be. Um, all right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye.